the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of your ED. Just head to getroman.com slash SGP for $15 off your first month. That's getroman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is home to the Best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win $1 million. That's right, $1 million. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. Okay, and welcome everyone to a Wednesday morning edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. It is Wednesday, May 12th, 10.37 a.m. on the East Coast, coming to you guys a little bit early. This morning, I made my boy Munaf wake up a little bit early, so he's able to join us this morning. Munaf, how are you, brother? I'm doing well, man. And, you know, there, there's two things that I get excited for in the morning. One is waking up next to my wife. And then number two is talking hoops with you and Dan in the morning. So <laughs> here we are. Uh, another night another night of hoops. And uh, I'm excited, man. We're getting some players back tonight. Yeah, I, I won't inquire further as to how you uh, tier those preferences. Huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we so t- a little outline for today's show, then we'll get right into it. We're going to start off. Looking at a little bit what happened last night. So that's Tuesday, May 11th. A lot of uh, basically every game implicated something, whether that's the race for tanking or the race for the play-in and the playoffs. So a lot to catch up on that. We'll break down these Wednesday games. Smaller slate tonight, so a little bit of a break for everybody out there who's you know trying to get four TVs going last night like I was. And then at the end, we're going to rank our hmm. best closing lineups heading into the playoffs kind of see where we think some of these teams will stack up in fourth quarter uh, in terms of how they'll close the game so Munaf, let's get right into it let's start with the biggest news of the day and that's that James Harden might be making his return tonight yeah no I think there's a report that came out over the weekend that he said uh, he said himself that you know he was feeling real good and he was real close to returning I think yesterday they had reported or or the day before that he was uh, scrimmaging with with uh, with the first team and he would be back anytime now. And I said that he would either be back tomorrow, yet last night or tonight. So um, hopefully he's back here tonight. And you know these uh, the big three for um, the Brooklyn Nets can you know get some games together here. I know they only have three games left, but something is better than nothing for them. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, you know, last night Nets got a nice win in Chicago, cover that spread of five mm-hmm. points, which I did like through having the Slack channel. That was a nice hit right there. Although mm-hmm. the story of that game kind of became Kyrie Irving, who went out with a facial yeah. contusion after he caught a big-time uh, elbow forearm from Vucevic. Now, Steve Nash said that he's not in the concussion protocol, so you don't have to worry about that in terms of an extended absence. But, you know, you look at this opening number here tonight where the San Antonio Spurs are uh, – the San Antonio Spurs are in Brooklyn, I believe. It's a home game for Brooklyn, right? Correct. Yeah. Brooklyn's at home, and they're only favored by four at the moment. So, you know – I'm guessing KD's automatically out on the back-to-back, just given his lower body injuries, and then Kyrie potentially. So maybe this minus four is holding that. It's going to be Harden alone with the rest of the of the, of the uh, Brooklyn Nets supporting cast. But what are your thoughts on that? 
That's crazy, man. I mean, uh, I think KD should be able to go. I mean, I know it's a back-to-back and they're kind of managing his injury, but I think right now is a time where, like I previously mentioned, is that they kind of need to get some games here together because I think they only play like nine games together. Even if you have KD and Harden together on the floor, I think those two haven't gotten much time together on the floor. Kyrie and um, Harden have because KD was out for an extended amount of time and those two were playing um, but I, I don't think Harden and KD have gotten time together. So hopefully he's able to go. Um, uh, Durant's able to go tonight. But um, yeah, definitely this is one team that you definitely want to keep your injury uh, eye on the injury report because of what happened to Kyrie last night with Harden coming back and then being on a back-to-back of what they decided to do with uh, Kevin Durant. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think with KD, he's not playing back-to-backs in general just because of the and, – and obviously last night he kind of – he took on a cool role where he was kind of passing more, being much more unselfish, and then ended up with the dagger pull-up, you know, getting to his pull-up game. But, you know, I don't I mean, expect KD tonight. Or if if you, you know, this this number is interesting, right? Because the 130 injury report hasn't dropped yet, but they're hanging in Nets minus four. I mean, potentially mm-hmm. you can jump on that right now with the potential for Kyrie to be in. Um, yeah. But we will we, we will get to that when we get to that. Um you know, probably the biggest story from last night was the Heat winning and the Knicks losing. That combination now sends the Knicks to the sixth seed where they will, you know, obviously the four or five is ultimately important in the East because you want to avoid Milwaukee in the first round or or Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the Knicks, just a really tough loss. I mean, I, I don't think it's a bad performance per se, but they did have a chance to put that game away late. Um and then fail to do so, and then you know get into overtime, and Taylor Horton Tucker hits the dagger, but really, really good game. And, and for the Knicks, I mean, look, this road trip was always going to be really, really tough, and you know for them to kind of hold on a little bit. Obviously, you get that win against the Clippers, you get the win against the Grizzlies. They did go two and two in LA, or one and one in LA, like yeah. we said they needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get that win against the Grizzlies. You know, so they went one and three in that Nuggets, Suns, Clippers, Lakers gauntlet. Um, but with winnable games left, Spurs, Spurs, they're the Hornets, and then finally the Celtics in the last game of the season, who we also talked about that Jalen Brown injury a little bit. But did you get a yeah. chance to watch that Knicks-Lakers game at all last night? I didn't. I saw that it went into overtime, and then I just kind of checked the score this morning. And it ended, ended really out. late. It ended yeah. one at 1.05 a.m. on the East Coast. I was struggling to stay awake. Yeah, um, yeah, like you said, tough loss for New York. But we said that if they went three and three on this six game road trip, they would be okay. And they'd exactly that. So now don't have to worry about travel for the rest of the season. The rest of their three games are at home this season. So, um, you know, look for New York to close out strong here for their final three games. Yeah, indeed. And then, you know, I, 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 I've been following all this, obviously, as a Knicks fan, but Indiana, they got a big win against Philly last night. And the implications of yep. that is that Philly does not have the one seed locked up yet, which right. is important for the Knicks perspective because Miami now plays Philly uh, tomorrow night. And, and in that game, Philly will still be plenty motivated to get that win, whereas you know the expectation was Philly beats Indiana Joel Embiid did not play in that game. Indiana kind of fighting a little bit. I think it's interesting after all that came out about Nate Bjorkren, Karis LeVert mm-hmm. hit a step back dagger to ice that one, which is a really fun uh, moment for their team. And now Philly goes in motivated against Miami. So this is not locked up yet. We'll obviously be following this Hawks heat Knicks race down to the wire. All three teams are 38 and 31. Um, so yeah, plenty, plenty to, to stay invested in there, but what was your reaction to the Jalen Brown injury? And, 
you know, what do you kind of make of the Celtics future going from here? Yeah. Uh, just, just to wrap up the Sixers. I mean, I think Sixers are going to be okay. There's three games left for them. I believe oh, yeah. and you know, two out of three are against Orlando. So they'll be okay. I think the thing for them would be like, you know, just quickly wrap it up. And then you don't have to play Embiid for, you know, the final game or the final two games of the season, you know, he can rest and along with, you know, Ben Simmons and some of the other guys. So at that point of the season or at this point of the season, then you, you want to get that wrapped up and, you know, not risk injury and just have your guys sit out. So I, I think that, you know, big game against Miami, obviously, but then they'll be okay to wrap up the number one seed. I know getting to Boston. I mean, we saw Jalen Brown had leave left one of the games with the, with the apparent ankle injury, but we didn't, I didn't know it was going to be like a, a uh, wrist injury that would cost yeah. him a season, which was tough to see, man. I mean, you know, this Boston team has obviously their two all-stars with Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown, but now, Without Jalen Brown, we had talked about how now Kimba Walker has to step up, right? And this is the reason why they kind of acquired him to be that third guy behind uh, Brown and Tatum. And he stepped up in the last two games. You know, yesterday, I believe he dropped a 36-point game against the Miami Heat, but it was in a losing effort. Um, so he's going to have to provide that support to Jason Tatum. And also they need guys like the, you know, Evan Fournier and Marcus Smart to kind of step up here. If they're going to have any chance in the playoffs, the, the, the concern that I do have for the Celtics, obviously interior, right. And um, you know, is Tristan Thompson and Robert Williams going to be enough to kind of defend the paint for these guys. So um, that's the, that's the biggest question mark that I have going for the Boston Celtics this season. But obviously, you know, when you lose one of your two best players, for the remainder of the season and the playoffs, that that's a that's a tough pill to swallow for for Boston fans and and also you know casual NBA fans who like watching great basketball. Yeah, it looks like the Celtics are going to be you know kind of finish off as somewhat of a dud of a season and, and the hope for a playoff resurgence kind of go away with this injury. You know, last night yeah. I thought for Miami they they lose Jimmy Butler at halftime. He had trouble seeing, so obviously he's got to stay in touch with that injury. Um, mm-hmm. But then. Bam Adebayo and Duncan Robinson, uh, as well as Tyler Hero, just guys really stepping up for Miami. They look like they're about to turn the corner, which, you know, I, I think you've been saying this all year, and I've kind of been holding holding off that Miami is a team that could come into the conversation as a, as a potential fourth team in the East that could bother somebody in, in a playoff series. So, you know, that prediction by you is looking, looking better and better as they are on a three-game winning streak, won seven of their last ten, and definitely starting to play their best basketball of the year. So, Anything else that you, in the Eastern Conference that you uh, took note of? Uh, obviously, Indiana and Charlotte are now tied for that eight seed, so that gets more valuable as Boston looks pretty vulnerable too. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone else eliminated yeah. by besides Chicago. Uh, Toronto was eliminated last night from any contention. Yeah, um, yeah, I think the Eastern Conference picture is pretty like we know the teams that are going to be in there. Obviously, right. Um, with Chicago lost last night, I think that that kind of put the bow on their season. Um, you know, Was- Washington's, <clears throat> excuse me, are going to be in obviously now with, with the loss of Chicago. They have a game tonight against Atlanta, so I think this is going to be a bigger game for Atlanta here tonight to get the W to kind of hold serve in that that four four that four five and six. They're all tied at thirty eight and thirty one. Obviously, you have to look into the tiebreakers and whatnot, but um, you know that 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 kind of section there through four through six is going to be interesting to yep. see uh, how that seating finishes up. Um, as far as Eastern Conference, I mean, I think that's about it. Yeah, it's about it for the East. 
Um, we, we could go quickly through the West. I mean, last night the Nuggets did lock up the, a top four seed. The Clippers mm-hmm. won as well to keep stride. So Clippers and Nuggets uh, still kind of in that 3-4. Uh, the Blazers did overtake the Mavericks as the Mavericks. That was one of the trappiest lines of the year last night, that Mavericks-Grizzlies uh, game. It was. Yeah, and I <laughs> fell for it. <laughs> I, I actually almost grabbed the Grizzlies. I didn't. I still had a successful night with the Bucks first quarter and the Nets. Um, but... Yeah, the the Mavericks end up losing by about 30 in Memphis, despite a pretty hefty injury report for the Grizzlies. They fall to six. Portland's in five right now. The Lakers get the win, so they keep right up there. One game back in the loss column. Another win for the Golden State Warriors. Munaf, uh, these guys. Yeah, that was a shock of the night. Yeah, big-time comeback in the fourth quarter. They seem to really have found something with uh, Toscano Anderson and Jordan Poole really filling in now with Ubre and Wiseman out of the rotation, they've just gotten better. And that is always an interesting aspect of kind of finding out who on your team contributes to winning versus who puts up these numbers. Cause you know, Toscano Anderson, I posted in the Slack about him. I absolutely love his game. He's learned a ton yeah. from Draymond. He's another really versatile three and D wing. Jordan mm-hmm. Poole gives that extra scoring pop and you can't, you can't slide off him, you know, to go get Steph on a double because he's a knockdown three point shooter as well. So, Another really big win, and that helps the Jazz keep pace for the one seed. Um, what else? Memphis, another win. They kept pace with with uh, the Warriors. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot going on. Uh, we can kind of keep checking in us every day. Anything, anything you want to talk about in the Western Conference last night? Yeah, I think the big win was for the Golden State Warriors last night. I mean, I was fully expecting Phoenix to yeah. take care of business tomorrow night, especially with Golden State being on a back-to-back, even though it was a home-and-home back-to-back. But still, you know, with Phoenix coming off of a loss against the New York Knicks, um, I thought they would come out and play well. Um, you know, big game tonight, obviously, with between Portland and Utah, but we'll yeah. get to the test schedule in early here in a little bit. But, you know, um, I, I told this to Dan yesterday. It's almost like if you, you that those, like, one through ten seed, it's like one and two are battling with each other, three and four are battling with with each other, five and six are battling with each other, and then seven, eight, and then nine and ten. So, um, yeah, I mean, these these standings are going to change every single day, especially in the Western Conference, um, you know, because there are, you know, playoff implication games every single night for some of these teams. And then, again, in the East is going to be that, uh, that four through six that we want to keep an eye on. But, um, you know, that's about three games left. For most of these teams, I think Phoenix is the only one that probably has four games left in the season. So, um, you know, we're we're midway through the week and uh, starting to shape up here a little bit. Yes, indeed. Anything else on the standings or should we get into the slate for tonight? Yeah, let's get into the slates for tonight. Sounds good. Let's take a quick ad break and then we'll come back with the Wednesday night slate. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is brought to you by WinBet. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games with generous promos, odds, and parlays happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer of an up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. It's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and download the app today. I'm looking at WinBet's odds right now. They have the Atlanta Hawks as an eight-point home favorite against the Wizards who are without Bradley Beal. Thinking about potentially riding Atlanta, big home game for them. First game of a two-game set. So big number, but the Hawks at home like them uh, with this win bet. So 
Get over to WinBet. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and download the app today. You'll receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. WinBet.com. W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and download the app today. All right, Munaf, coming back off the break. This is Wednesday, May 12th. Six games on the schedule with a lot of teams that are playing that we just mentioned. Let's start off right here in Atlanta where the Washington Wizards are still in town. Second game of a two-game set. Obviously, that one-point victory for the Hawks where Russell Westbrook had a chance to win it late. We're now seeing a a six-and-a-half-point favorite for Atlanta. Total at 239. Off the bat, I noticed that this game did close eight, right, in the first game of the two-game set? Yes, sir. So interesting little one-and-a-half-point line move. Injury report-wise, for the Hawks, you still have DeAndre Hunter's out again, so that's obviously Mm -hmm. a little bit weird. Um, And then Herter probable, Tony Snell probable, and then Bradley Beal still out for the Wizards. So, Munaf, where are you going with this game? And any thoughts on the trend of uh, teams covering in the second game of of a two-game set? Yeah, I mean, we take a look at the schedule. I mean, we take a look at the standings again. You know, I think we're going to have to like keep on referring back to the standings. Like for Washington, I mean, they're pretty much in like into the playoffs. So, like, how much of an effort do you? I mean, the effort's going to be there, obviously, when you have Russell Westbrook. But I think this is a bigger game for Atlanta. Yeah, because of where they are in that standing, right? They're they're kind of in that bunch of four through six that we talked about. Um, you know, Washington kept it close. They almost won. They had a chance to win the game. You know, Russell Westbrook missed the buzzer beater there in their first game of the other night. Um, I don't know, man. I I, I kind of want to take Atlanta, but I feel like Washington is a team that has just been on a terror covering. Um, you know, I think it's may catch up with them tonight, not having Bradley Beal. I'll take Atlanta here to cover the points here, six and a half here tonight. Um, against the Wizards. I don't feel great about it, but if you made me pick, I, I would take the Wizards, sorry, the Atlanta Hawks here tonight. Yeah, I, I think the the box score kind of tells us a lot about how that first game went. The Wizards did shoot 50% from three in that game, 13-26. Yeah. Um, the Hawks, in comparison, shot 33% from three, so a more typical shooting performance for them. Um, you know, the, the Wizards only got to the line 11 times, though, compared yeah. to 26 for the Hawks, so kind of a weird... Weird shift of efficiency there. I will say um, it's kind of interesting here how the Hawks starters got it done and the Wizards bench got it done. Uh, You look at these plus minuses across Mm -hmm. the board. Every single Hawks starter was positive and every single Wizards starter was negative. Every single Wizards reserve was positive and every single Hawks reserve was negative. Uh, Other than DeAndre Hunter, only played 14 minutes and he's obviously out for tonight. So I think this could be a good game for maybe a Hawks first quarter and maybe a live line approach to the Wizards if you do like that, if you do like them. Uh, Because you do see, you know, with Trey Young, Capella, Collins and Bogdanovich, I mean, that's turning into a really formidable four, uh, you know, group of four guys that you have on the floor at the same time. A lot of uh, rim protection, a lot of rim pressure on offense, and then shooting with Trey and, and Bogdanovich and, and John Collins. So let's look at this. Uh, Hawks first quarter minus two. Uh, that it may, may be my, my, my favorite play for this game here. Like you said, I mean, six and a half is a, is a, is a pretty big number, uh, although mm-hmm. it is kind of a weird adjustment from the first game. And the Hawks were in control of that game, and the Wizards came back, got involved. Um, so – I do agree. Maybe a Hawks money line at minus two fifty five uh, yeah. could be. You know, maybe with the Mavericks, we could we could we could talk about that later. See if that is a, is appropriate. Um, 
Any thoughts on this total at 239? Pretty high, but uh, this this game did obviously close at 249 uh, on the actual total of game one of the set. Yeah, I mean, you take a look with Washington. They're on a, a over run here. I think that's, what, six in a row towards the over. And obviously their, their games have been some of the highest on the board on a, on a night when they are, are playing. We go back to Indiana over 245, 244 against Milwaukee. 250 against Indiana again. And then last night for the first game, like you mentioned, that went also over the total. Um, I think you kind of have to stay with the over here, right? I mean, even Atlanta, they're on a four game uh, win streak or four straight games with the overs. I think if you do also like this uh, one and over play, I, I think the Atlanta Hawks um, team total may be worth a look because Washington right now, again, not playing defense. They just like getting up and down the court and trying to outscore you right now. Um, so I think that would that would be one angle that I'll be looking at. And then you take a look at what Atlanta has done scoring-wise over their last couple games. They got 123 against Portland, 135 against the Phoenix Suns, 126 against Indiana, and then 125 against Washington in their first game of that set. So um, right now I see it posted at 122.5. So I think if you do want to play an over, I think that's a that's an angle that I would look at. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Let's go to the player prop page here a little bit. We did you have that Clint Capella rebounding prop in that first game? Yeah, right. No, I did not. I think we had mentioned, but I don't think I played it. Okay. for some reason okay. I don't know why. So did hit the Trey Young. Uh, I, that was at I think forty and a half or points, rebounds, and assists. He had a really nice game with uh, thirty six, nine and six. Uh, so got that over. That's now upgraded to forty. Mm-hmm. Two and a half for points, rebounds, and assists for Trey Young. Russell Westbrook at 55 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Let's see on the rebounds and assists for Russ, 31 and a half to the over. Can Russ do it again tonight? He's going to have to. I mean, <laughs> it, it, without Bradley Beal, that, that, that load kind of falls on uh, Russell, Russell Westbrook, right? And we're not surprised when we see – I mean, you rattle off some of the numbers – but in what he's done over his past five games, I mean, it's like he's averaging almost 18 and 17, uh, 35 combined points and sorry, rebounds and assists. Um, the two guys I did want to mention, the one guy that you already did mention was Trey Young. He's averaging 38 and a half points against the Wizards in the two matchups this season, 36 on Monday night. And then he had, I think, 41 in a previous match matchup. And I think it was listed at 27 and a half for tonight. So, um, you know, obviously the defense of the Washington Wizards at that point guard position not doing well over this little stretch here. And then I think one more guy that we want to highlight for the Wizards without Bradley Beal has been Rui Achimura. I don't, yeah. I don't think we've talked about that guy a lot this season. Without Bradley Beal um, in, in the eight games that uh, Achimura has played without Bradley Beal, he's averaging close to 18 and a half, 19 points per game. Yep. I currently see his number posted at, I think it was at 16 and a half this morning yep. uh, for Hachimura. So I kind of like that over for him to kind of provide that support to Russell Westbrook to, you know, help score the basketball. And, you know, Hachimura is a guy that can knock down a shot from any part of the floor and then also finish around the rim. So I, that 16 and a half, I like for him tonight. Yeah, and he's also a good matchup against the Hawks, where you know they have all these bigger dudes, and Hachimura is more of a wing power forward than a, than a you know a masher power forward. So, yeah, it could be a good matchup for him. Anything else on this game, Munaf? No, that was it. Yeah, looking forward to watching this one tonight. Next game on the slate: Spurs 
at the Nets. Nets laying four at home, total at 231 and a half. Obviously, the injury report here is uh, going to be a big question for the Nets, but I'm kind of surprised to see this up in general. Um, mm-hmm. Any impressions kind of on this number, what it might what it might mean, and if you have any plays that you'd make at this current point? Yeah, obviously, like you mentioned, the biggest question mark is going to be the injury report for the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, a pretty clean uh, one for the San Antonio Spurs. They're they're going to be in that play-in play tournament. I think if they get a win here within the next game or two, I think they clinch that you know number 10 spot. Um, as far as this game here tonight, I want to kind of go back to Monday where we talked about uh, taking the over in that Bucks and the Spurs game. And yeah. um, our girl, George, also in, in the Slack channel, she posted a video. She also had the Spurs in the, in the over in that game. So we all kind of crushed it there. Um, and the stats backed it up, right? We had talked about how in, in or, or, sorry non-conference games, the um, Spurs were the best team to, to the over. And I'm trying to pull that up again here real quick. In non-conference games, let's see. Uh, so yeah, Spurs are the number one team at 19 and nine, close to 68% to the over in non-conference games. And then I'm trying to look at Brooklyn. Brooklyn is 17 and 12, close to 59% to the over. Um, again, the question mark is going to be that injury report. I, I do think the line right now is indicating that both Kyrie and KD are out and only Harden's going to go here tonight. Yeah. That's what I, that's my impression. Oh. Okay, so I think if you like Brooklyn, you obviously want to grab the number now before we know one of those two guys is in. And then if you like San Antonio, we will be kind of wait and see. But San Antonio's been playing hard, man. I mean, they came out and absolutely blitzed the yeah. uh, Milwaukee Bucks. That that it was a wire to wire win for them. Um, you know, I, even if one of those two guys are in, I probably I am going to take the points with San Antonio here tonight. Um, just because this team is playing hard, um, you know, Brooklyn is winning games, but we've talked about all season, how they're really not covering, covering the number. Um, you take a look on the road, 16 and 17 overall against the spread 11 and 14, uh, at home against the spread as a home favorite. So, um, with that being said, I'll, I'll take San Antonio 22 and 11 against the spread on the road, 13 and seven as underdogs on the road. So uh, I'll, I'll take, I'm going to wait for this one, wait, wait this one out until we get more injury news. And then I'll probably take San Antonio. Yeah. I think it's worth waiting this one out. If the number is four, I would, I would definitely take Brooklyn here, but yeah. I don't think it closed there. I think we're going to see some movement throughout the night or throughout the afternoon. I think what's, it's what's interesting with the net schedule. If we kind of look at them specifically, you know, they, they play this back-to-back. So, obviously, they played last night. They played at night. Mm-hmm. And then they play a back-to-back over the weekend, Saturday, Sunday. So, it looks – unless they unless they decide to start playing these guys on back-to-backs, we're only going to get one game with all three of them together. Um, 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 unless they do kind of buck the trend and they let KD go tonight, which I don't expect to happen. I think they're still kind of being conservative. And, obviously, they had that one-game lead over the Bucks. I mean – how important is home court really going to be in the first round? I don't think anyone really knows right now. I saw the Bucks just got upgraded to 50% capacity for the first round of the playoffs. So that could definitely be an, a factor. I mean, I don't know what's going on with, with the New York situation for Brooklyn. But, yeah, I mean, it, we're looking like we can only get one game here. I, I think it's more likely that Kyrie goes than that KD goes just because they're not playing in back-to-backs with the lower body stuff that he's had. Um, but I would lean to Brooklyn here. You, you want to jump in? Yeah, I was just going to say that now that you look at their schedule, they're going to have two full days off before the weekend. 
Um, in my mind, then why not let them play? Right. I mean, I know you're trying to injury or injury manage KD because of the injuries that he's coming off of, but when you're going to get full two, uh, two full days off, I would probably let him go. Maybe like kind of limit his minutes to maybe like 25 here tonight because they are on a back to back. But I, I think this would be a good opportunity to, you know, if all three do go here tonight, that you do have those two full days off before you get into the weekend. Obviously, it is a back to back. They're not going to catch, obviously, the Philadelphia 76ers. is going to be a matchup between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets on who ends up at number two and number three. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, we're not the experts on coaching and, and injury managing and stuff like that. But um, in my mind, I, I think I would, you know, let those guys, let at least Kevin Durant play on this back-to-back. Yeah, I mean, or maybe even do a the thing they've been doing where he uh... – comes off the comes bench <laughs> in a mid-second quarter. <laughs> yeah. But I, I actually do. I think I may lock in the Nets minus four right now and just kind of see how that plays out because I, 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 I trust their, them offensively regardless, although yep. you did point out some good trends backing the Spurs. Any thoughts on this total at 231.5 or any player props on the Spurs side? Don't think we'll have any posted on the Brooklyn side. Total yeah, maybe I a little bit yeah, that's what I was thinking. I think uh, I think we're going to continue riding this non-conference uh, over trend for the San Antonio Spurs, right? Nineteen and nine, like I, I had mentioned earlier. So, um, and they've been one of the more better offensive efficient teams over their last you know ten games here. I'll try to put it up quickly, but regardless, I, I do like this over here tonight, especially when they have the firepower of the Brooklyn Nets. Again, you know, we came on talking about who's going to play, who's not going to play, but I think we'll see a lot of good three-point shooting in this game. Yep. Um, at least from Brooklyn Nets. And then, you know, Spurs, we know what they're capable of with, with their guys on offense. San Antonio is they're at number 19 um, in offensive efficiency over their last five games, but defensively, they've been even worse. They're down to number 21. So um, I do like the over in this game. I like the over as well. Anything else in this game, Munaf? No, that's it. Let's take a quick break here, then we'll come back with the rest of the slates. Look, guys, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with a tournament on the line. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to GetRoman.com slash SGP now. That's right. Today's episode is brought to you by Roman. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for your ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash SGP and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash SGP now to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. And you'll find it at GetRoman.com slash SGP where you can get started now to save $15 off your first month of free treatment. All right, coming back off the break, the Cleveland Cavaliers are a sizable home dog. Again, my eyes are perked. <laughs> um, <laughs> my my interest is peaked. The Boston Celtics are in town laying seven on the road without Jalen Brown on a back-to-back after another loss to Miami last night. Total at 219 and a half. 
Munaf, the Cavs did. They mm-hmm. what? They, they they played defense against our Indiana team total the other night. Uh, in a low scoring game that was a little frustrating after Indiana got off to a really hot hot start. So Cleveland yeah. at home, seven point home dog. Where are you going with this with the spread here, Munaf? Yeah, if you kind of have to think to yourself, is this a flat spot for the uh, Boston Celtics coming off yeah. those two tough, tough losses against Miami? You know, you would have thought that they would have got one of those two, but, you know, Miami took care of business against Boston. It just seems like they kind of have their number um, yeah. going back to like even the playoffs last year, right? So yeah. um, you take a look at Boston on back-to-back situations this season, five and eight against the spread. They are six and 11 as road favorites this season. Um, let, let's have fun tonight. Why not? Let's take this uh, Cleveland team tonight. I know you've been, you know, riding them all season. Um, their guys are still playing, right? Colin Sexton is still in there. Only guy I think that is out tonight is uh, Darius Garland. Um, for them, uh, Colin Sexton is going. Uh, Coro's playing. Kevin Love's playing. You know, Jared Allen is still in there. Um I'll take Cleveland here tonight, man. As a home dog, I don't like those numbers that are, are, you know, on the road for the Boston Celtics. And again, being on a back-to-back situation, maybe a flat spot for them. So, you know, I'll take Cleveland at home as an underdog. Yeah, Chetty Osmond questionable for the Cavs, but otherwise relatively clean, especially given the circumstance of where they kind of are. Let's pull up this, this league standings real quick. So the Cavs are currently tied with the Magic um, and – a game, a half a game behind the the Thunder for the third worst record. So right in the thick of things there. So you know you do still want to factor that element in. But yeah, I would lean towards Cleveland plus a seven as well. Um, you know Boston, we've seen what they were the only team that lost to OKC in the last like five weeks, right? <laughs> yeah. So you know yeah. we know we know that they can play down to the level. And Cleveland, you know they showed some spunk in that game against Indiana. So I like this plus seven for Cleveland. Although, you know, maybe not a game I necessarily want to get hugely involved with. Maybe like you would say a pizza bet on Cleveland plus seven or even mm-hmm. the plus 245 money line. Any thoughts on this total at 219 and a half? I mean, Celtics team total sitting at 113. That's six points lower than we had Indiana in mm-hmm. there. Um, but not necessarily, you know, a, a team that plays as fast with Boston. So any thoughts on the total team totals or player props in this game? Yeah, I- <laughs> I kind of also, again, like the over in this game, too. It feels a little conservative. You said it was at 219 and a half? Yes. Yeah, I have it at 222 for tonight. Um, You know, the thing with Cleveland is that they're not a good three-point shooting team, and that's one of the things I kind of look for when, you know, taking an over is that teams that kind of need to knock down their three-point shots. Um, and, And Cleveland is not one of the better teams, you know, shooting the three ball. They don't have the shooters on their squad. Um, but again, guys like Jared Allen and Kevin Love maybe should have success inside because of the lack of presence for the um, uh, for the Boston Celtics. So I think I, I like the over in this game as well. And then I think your angle of the Boston Celtics team total is a, is a, I think it's really conservative, right? It's, that's almost like lock worthy here tonight because they have three-point shooters. They have guys that can score the basketball. We know Cleveland's defense has just been atrocious. Like Other than, you know, the 111 they gave up to Indiana, which I think it was just a bad shooting night for them. If you kind of go back and look at what they've given up, it, it's kind of eye-popping. So um, <clears throat> I'll take the over and also probably take the Boston Celtics team total here tonight. 
Yeah, and I think I probably refer that to the Cleveland plus seven. I mean, Boston is coming in here off three straight losses, um, mm-hmm. and they do kind of need. I guess they need one more win to pull away and make sure they have home court in the first round of the play-in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, that aspect of it. I mean, I, I probably yeah. I don't. I don't know if necessarily want to get involved with, but definitely like that one thirteen team total for Boston. I think that might be a good play on this game. Anything else in this game? We we'll move on. We we'll get some better games down the down the slate. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to quickly mention yesterday, me and Dan talked about Kimball Walker, and, you know, he had a, a over bet on Kimball Walker's two points. So he there absolutely crushed it yesterday. Yep. So I kind of want to go back to it. I mean, I know we had mentioned that um, Kimball Walker may not be playing on back-to-back situations, but I don't see him listed out for tonight. Um, so I'm assuming that he is going to play, and I do see a number posted for him when I was looking earlier. Let me <clears throat> quickly see if I can find that. I don't know if you see it on your screen. On uh, what, sorry? See. On Kimball Walker's points total. Let me see. I think I uh, yeah, there's no there's no props posted right now. So maybe yeah, they just well, wait for some injury news. Yeah, and as always, when a team plays a back to back, they're not required yeah. to submit that first injury report. So you won't get the okay. news till later in the day. So we will so check uh, la- yeah, check later on. Monitor that and always as always monitor Moonoff's Twitter page, Sports Nerd824, and the Slack channel. Uh, as always. Seeing some movement on this next game as we speak. This line just ticked up to a two from a one and a half. The Utah Jazz are at home. It's the premier game of the night. The Utah Jazz are at home. Two-point home favorite. Portland is in town. Portland, obviously, first game with a scheduled gauntlet to end the season. Total at 234 for the Jazz. They announced that Donovan Mitchell will not return in the rest of the regular season. So very interesting there. And Mike Conley is out as well. Really clean report for the Blazers. Nas Little, questionable, with only really one that might factor in. So interesting to see Donovan out for the rest of the regular season. Obviously, you have that extra week to get healthy after the play-in. And they've, they, they've been together. They have a lot of continuity. So I don't think they're as worried as, you know, working him back in to make sure, like, it's not like a James Harden situation, right, where yeah. they need to get him to play with these guys. He's played a lot with these guys before. So interesting, but... You know, it probably makes the most sense. You don't want him on a tight ankle, especially with the Warriors potentially looming in that 1-8 matchup, which would be absolutely incredible to watch. Let's return to this game here. Munaf, where are you going? Jazz laying two at home to the Blazers. Uh, I mean, Portland just makes too much sense here, right? Like, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I was going to go the other way. So lay out your case. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, you take a look at Portland. Obviously, they've won eight out of their last nine games. Obviously, Houston was an easy win. They went out and took care of business against, you know, San Antonio by 22. They beat the Lakers. I think that was a game without uh, LeBron, who left with an injury. Um, you know, they beat Brooklyn. They beat Boston. So they have some quality wins in their eight out of the last nine. I mean, they they haven't played stellar competition either. But um, I just think they're they're shooting the ball well right now. CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard, Norman Powell, all those guys are playing well right now. I understand the case for Utah, right? I mean, their guys are still they're playing hard, but again, you at this point of the season for me, it's really the question of motivation. And for Portland right now, they're battling between that five, six, and seven seed right now. Only five and six are tied right now between Portland and Dallas, and then Lakers are only one game back. So I'm pretty sure that the Portland Trailblazers do not want to get into or slide down to that play in tournament because I think Lakers are going to 
win tonight, obviously, because they're playing Houston. So I mean, I think that is going to be on the back of their minds. You take a look at the rest of the season, their schedule for the Portland Trailblazers, it's Utah, Phoenix, and Denver. So I think tonight is a game that Portland probably knows that they need because they do, again, face the number two team in the West and then the Denver Nuggets, which are, like you said, number four. So I'll take Portland here tonight against the Utah Jazz plus two. I know these two teams matched up earlier this season. Um, and the first Utah game, won those first two game games. of the year. Yeah. First game of the year. Uh, you know, it's first game of the year. They won by 20, but then they matched up on April 8th. And Utah won that game also by 19 points. But I think circumstances have changed now, obviously, without Donovan Mitchell. Um, I'm just, you know, playing off of the uh, motivation factor for Portland here tonight. I'll take that plus two against Utah. Yeah, well, I feel like Utah is plenty motivated as well to go ahead and lock up that number one yeah. seed there. It's still, it's still yeah. in, it's still uh, being contested between Utah and Phoenix. Obviously, like, I mean, I think, yeah, you're right. Portland definitely has probably the superior motivation, but Utah coming home off that loss to Golden State. And, you know, I thought they played pretty well down the stretch of that game. Obviously, things got a little bit out of hand with Jordan Clarkson taking 33 shots. I expect they kind of refocus <laughs> here. The vintage Jordan Clarkson game for the jazz. Um, but you refocus here. I think Rudy Gobert is someone who's going to feast tonight. Uh, you know, I don't think yeah. Portland really has a good matchup for him and, and he will be, you know, a menace on the glass and the defensive end. So do want to look at Rudy Gobert on the points and, and rebounds type prop. I'm going to check that out real quick, but I do lean to Utah with the two. I, I like Utah minus two. I think this is a little bit too short of a line where, you know, they, they're they still a, a really good team without without Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley. I like Joe Ingles as the point guard. I think they're kind of flying under the radar here a little bit. I, I did like – I think I liked Utah against Golden State as well. Obviously, they kind of took a lead and then let it go away late in that game. Um, to a Rudy Gobert uh, – Rudy Gobert, 13.5 thir- rebounds. Mm-hmm. Might go over that. Um, even money too, so I think that's yeah. a, some value there. Yeah, some value there. So I will definitely go with the Jazz minus two. Maybe okay. even my favorite side on the board. Um, any thoughts on this total at 234 here, Munaf? Yeah, I mean, both of these teams have been really been playing great defense, you know, yeah. I, in, especially with uh, Portland. Both of the teams, actually, let me k- quickly take a look what they've done over their last five games. I have defensive efficiency-wise. Um, let's see here. Portland is at number 15 and Utah is so they're number 10. So, I mean, it just looks like they're giving up a lot of points. Um, you know, maybe pace has, has picked up for these two teams. Um, let's see. Portland's at 12 and Utah is at 17. So, you know, about average. Um, I'll take the over. Why not? I mean, I, I don't like playing unders. <laughs> I think everybody knows that, but uh I don't think, like you mentioned, I think there's going to be a bad uh, a matchup for Portland with with Rudy Gobert inside. Um, but again, Portland or sorry, Utah have now hit the over in four straight games, and Portland, um, you know, they didn't play great competition, but you know, they gave up 129 to the Rockets, so I think that's a little bit concerning. I think the last thing I quickly want to mention for Utah, I think it's okay if they do drop this game because they finish up with Oklahoma City Thunder and Sacramento yeah. Kings where they should take care of business there. So um, maybe a little kind of a safety net, quote-unquote, for Utah if they do drop this uh, game here tonight and they still have the potential to lock up that number one seed playing two, two of the worst teams in the uh, Western Conference. 
Yeah, and I will uh, just throw out there as well in support of your case for the Blazers. This did open at three and a half, which I didn't realize overnight, and uh, went all the way down to that one and a half, and now it's back at two. But mm-hmm. 61% of the tickets, 90% of the cash on the Blazers tonight. So that looks like maybe the sharp side in this game. You know, not going to let that scare me away. But um, sharp money doesn't scare Zach. <laughs> I will. I, I will go toe to toe with it with with Utah tonight. Anything else on this game here? No, that's it. Yeah, and it's a uh, nine forty tip on the East Coast, so late game. I think it's uh, ESPN primetime. So looking forward to watching this one. Next game on the slate: the New Orleans Pelicans go to Dallas. Dallas second game of back to back off a bad loss in Memphis last night. Laying seven and a half at home to the Pelicans, like I said, total at 224. Kristaps Porzingis potentially back for this game, I believe. Um, I saw questionable, yeah. Okay, so, you know, that would be that would be nice for them. Brandon Ingram, doubtful. Steven Adams, questionable. So maybe we'll still get this sim- the similar Pelicans team that's been, you know, causing us headaches over the last week of the season. <laughs> but I really like Dallas minus seven and a half here. I think that they come in pummel with New Orleans, but... Where where are you going with this side here? Yeah, um, particularly like you mentioned, New Orleans. I mean, without the the, the, the four the last four games, they've covered all the 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 they've covered against the spread. You know, this is a game where Dallas. I think you know you take a look again, referring back to the standings. They're in that five to six to seven, you know, uh, section there with Portland, Dallas, and L.A. Um, I agree with you. I think this is a good spot for uh, Dallas. They're at home tonight, correct? Yeah. Or the, yeah. So, um, you know, going back to my sheet of the back-to-back situations for Dallas, they are 7-8 against the spread, so not much there. Playing good basketball, but I think the key thing will be if Porzingis is able to go here tonight, you know, um, is he gonna is New Orleans going to have enough on the offensive side to kind of keep up with the shooting and scoring of Dallas? I'm not sure. Uh, they have been putting up the points, but again – a game that Dallas needs here. Uh, I think Luca will be Luca here tonight, and it should be a victory for 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 the Dallas Mavericks. We really want to see if these two teams matched up earlier this year. New Orleans won the game on March 27th by nine points. Obviously, that was probably with Bi and Zion, and then I think this is and then on March, sorry, February 12th. Dallas took care of business there, 143, 130. But you know, obviously, the dy- dynamics change when you don't have your two best players. So, you know, I'll agree with you, Luca, uh, and hopefully K- KP here tonight uh, taking care of business against uh, the Pelicans. Yeah, hopefully KP against his old friend, uh, Willie Herning Gomez, back from their Knicks days. Those guys were good buddies. So, um, yeah. you know, I, yeah, I, I do like Dallas here, and obviously a bad effort from them last night. Come home now, hopefully get a little bit healthier. And I think with New Orleans, I mean, they are – they are still technically in the race. Uh, they they would have to win out, uh, I believe, to get the 10 spot. And um, yeah. with the potential to maybe increase their lottery odds a little bit and get below uh, Sacramento. So um, not really seeing the motivation for them. So I will go with Dallas minus 7.5 here. Total 224, maybe a tad low, although these Pelicans have been playing a different kind of ball game since they've had all these injuries. Yeah, um, we take a look. The I think going back to the Philly game, they've hit three straight unders. I mean, they're on a five game five game streak here with the under, and then I think over their last ten games, the under is one and nine for the Pelicans. So a team that early in the season that was a cash cow to the over, 
has kind of, you know, regressed back to the mean here. So I think this used to see a better defensive effort from Dallas here tonight. You know, they're obviously the uh, Pelicans, like you said, are playing a different brand of basketball with their other two best players. If they're going to win games, it's going to have to be on the defensive end. Again, I always refer back to St- uh, Stan Van Gundy is a guy that wants his team to play defense first and before scoring points. So um, uh, I'll probably stay away from this total. I will lean to the under. Um, but, you know, I-, I won't be playing it. Yeah. All right. Uh, any player props in this game? No. Um, I didn't see it listed this morning for some reason. But again, uh, if something comes across before we end our show, I'll give it out. But other than that, just check my Twitter throughout the day. Yeah, and obviously lots of uh, injuries clouding over uh, this slate tonight. So definitely stay tuned for the reports at 1.30 and 5.30 on the East Coast. Last game on the slate, LeBron is back tonight after a big win for the Lakers last night. They should get this one again. The Rockets are in town. Lakers laying 13, total at 224. Don't spend too much time on this one, but any plays that you have on this game, Munaf? We don't, the Rockets are trying, we talked about it. They're trotting out their F squad. And I mean, they've been covering the number. They've been yeah. obviously double, double digit underdogs in a lot of these games, but they've covered three straight games. And it's, it's been against pretty good opponents, right? Milwaukee, they went in there. They only lost by eight against Utah. They covered the number, the, the 16. They only lost by eight. Portland, they got the lucky cover there. But again, they're on an over streak here. They, they've hit five in a row. They're getting up and down the floor. Um, it's just a question of, I think Anthony Davis is, is questionable here tonight because he did have a groin issue last night. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we're waiting for news. I do see him on the, uh, expected a play, but I think we saw that he might be questionable here tonight, but regardless, I think this is a game, you know, LeBron is back. They should just take, take it to the Rockets here tonight. Um, I don't know, man. I, I can't. I, I, as much as I want to take this Rockets team because they're they're playing well, and, or they're actually like covering the number, but now playing against the Lakers, who you know, this is a game where they kind of get right and and just take them maybe to the woodshed and win by thirty here tonight. Um, I'll probably just be staying away. If you do want to play in this game, just take a look at the Lakers team total because the Rockets are giving up a lot of points. They are the worst defense across the board in all metrics, and one eighteen and a half is is a little conservative, even for the Lakers who have been struggling. On the offensive side of the basketball, um, Houston just quickly over their last five games, giving up 122 to the Knicks, 135 to the Sixers, 141 to the Bucks, 124 to the Jazz, and 140 to the Portland Trailblazers. So a minimum, they've been giving up 120-plus, and Lakers are only at 118.5 here tonight. There we go. No plays for me in this game. Anything else on the slate that you want to get to, Munaf? No. So I quick question for you. I know you're on the East Coast, and some of these – primetime games uh are get the they start late for you so h- how do you stay up you take a nap or you got a red bull or coffee or what What do you got <laughs> it's it was, last night was tough I, I usually have no problem staying up till around 12 31 which is when they do wrap up but okay if i am i will grab a quick like 30 minute nap at like five or six okay. uh, before before things start but no i i would like to see them maybe move stuff up. that's why i was so excited about the uh the day games, I, I, I like NBA day games. I like, yeah. you know, isolated games. But, yeah, the traditional 10-30 start, they have moved it up 30 minutes, I think, in the last couple of years. It used mm-hmm. to be 10-30. Now it's 10 on the East Coast. So, yeah. But, you know, it definitely is a test of my willpower. And usually I, I don't have to wake up too early for, for work. So, um, 
but it, it can be tough. Last night I, I was struggling. I almost fell asleep <laughs> at halftime, and then you know the game sucked me in. But there you go. Let's take a, a final break here, and then we will come back with uh, some discussion of a uh, playoff team and how they stack up. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. If you haven't played on Underdog Fantasy, you have to check it out, guys. Their fantasy best ball tournaments are some of the best around, including their Best Ball Mania 2 tournament, where you can win $1 million. $1 million. Plus, you can play a number of games involving parlaying player props for MLB, the NBA, and more. They also have a special NBA playoffs best ball tournament coming up as well. That should be awesome. So go to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN. And don't forget to enter their Best Ball Mania 2 tournament for your chance to win $1 million. That is underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, Munal, coming back off the break, and uh, we I, I threw this at you last night in the Slack channel, kind of wanted to get a sense of where you are at with each, with each of these kind of top playoff contenders or maybe even some other teams that present the best closing lineups. I think for me, the way I see the game, who closes the game is much more important than who starts it, right, and who yeah. you have on the floor in those high leverage moments. So let's get right into it. Don't have to take too long on this, but kind of just want to throw out some some names there. Um, let's go first to fifth, um, and you can go ahead. And if we have any disagreements, we can kind of talk about them on the way. Should you go to one or one to five? Let's go with you. Want to go with one first? Let's go with one. One first probably makes more sense. Who's your best closing okay. lineup in the NBA? You know, I went back and forth on this, and I, I think when I made this list, I'm looking for like clutch players. Yep. Um, but I think for me, at least Brooklyn has to be number one for me because you have your three guys that can knock down a game winning shot at any single point, right? James Harden, when he was with the Rockets, he had those clutch genes. I think that he hit a lot of, you know, tough three point shots in, in the final minutes where they kind of needed him or got to the basket where, where they needed him. And again, Kevin Durant has his own resume. I'm not even going to get into him because we know what he's capable of. Same thing with Kyrie. Anytime anybody talks about Kyrie Irving, I always think about that three point shot he hit against the Golden State Warriors in game yep. seven that won that title for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, uh, you know, that's resonates in my mind. And I think, I know you talk about having a lineup out there, and we talked about this with the Brooklyn Nets, is who would you be your five guys? And I, the three guys would be obviously the big three. And then I think Jeff Green would be a, the fourth guy for, for the Brooklyn for the Brooklyn Nets. And then um, I would probably have to put in Blake Griffin. Uh, it just depends on what they want to do with Nick Claxton. So I think that number one, that would be, be my uh, – me, my team, you know, the best closing lineup. Yeah, I, I no disagreement here. I Brooklyn as my number one as well. I figure that we would both have Brooklyn as a number one. Um, you know, with, with just the amount of shooting on the floor, right? You have Joe Harris. Uh, I presume he's the fourth, and you know they have options at that fifth spot, right? You you yeah. obviously want to leave that open. Whether that's Bruce Brown, if they want to go small, that look was really successful early in the year. We have Claxton, who we both like, um, Blake Griffin, Jeff Green, um, even like a Landry Shaman. They can go really small if if the matchup presents itself. I think they are just they enforce their style on the game, and we saw in those Bucks games, right? I mean, it's going to be bucket for bucket can you match them and in the in those two bucks games the nets had so many in and outs that you know i think would go down or you know could it, they were good looks and just their offensive absolutely elite offense talent on the floor i think is going to be the most difficult yeah. thing to deal with for anybody obviously 
you know, this is not dispositive of who's going to win the title. It's just kind of what, what lineup we think is the best at that time. So yeah. that's where I think number two gets interesting because I have a team that I probably wouldn't say is my second best team to win the title, but they would be my second best lineup. So what, what, what was your second best lineup? So I thought this was going to get, this is where you're going to get interesting. I think I had, I, I had a tie between, I think, two and three. I think they're two A and two three, uh, two A and two B for me, but um, I'm going to go with the Miami Heat. Oh shit. I'm going to okay. go with Miami Heat. Um okay. going back to last season, if you take a look at, at you know, if you are into metrics like I am and looking at stats, um especially in the playoffs, if we talked about clutch guys in 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 all of their in the playoff games, the top 6 guys were all Miami Heat players. Jimmy, as far as as far as you know, either you can look okay. at offensive rating in, in the playoffs and or 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 wins. Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, uh, Jay Crowder, and Goran Dragic, Duncan Robinson were top the top six names on that list. Um, and I think it's kind of the same thing with as far as like the Brooklyn Nets. Not really the big three, but when you talked about the shooters that they do have, I think Goran Dragic is a guy that has that clutch gene. He's really not talked about, but he has that capability of knocking down that big three-point shot. And then when you have Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, two shooters, and compared to what you know the Brooklyn Nets have with Joe Harris, those are two guys that can knock down a three-point shot. Whether it's Jimmy Butler going to the basket, creating his own shot to get that that clutch that uh, during clutch time and closing time. Um, and then again, Jimmy Butler is, I think, one of the guys that that is a guy that is really clutched down the stretch. He can get to the basket at will, get the foul, get to the free throw line. Um, and then he can also knock down that mid-range jump shot for you. So I went with Miami Heat at number two. Yeah, and I, I was just pulling up the uh, lineup data from last year's playoffs, and that definitely does bear out the lineup that you mentioned with Goron, obviously. and But they did have Jay Crowder last year. I think that's going to be an interesting aspect of their playoff chase this year is, yeah. is Trevor Ariza that guy? And um, is he is he capable of replacing Jay because of how good Jay was in, in the playoffs last year? My number two was the Milwaukee Bucks. And that, I thought I, that's the direction I thought you were going in. Okay. Um, but I think with their big three, plus P.J. Tucker and Dante DiVincenzo, I think – Bring, I, I think Brooke Lopez falls out of this lineup for me. I, I think I look at that P.J. Tucker acquisition as potentially the biggest acquisition that was made other than James Harden. I, I'm, I'm very high on P.J. Tucker. I think in the playoffs these past you know four or five years, he has been truly one of the best players in the playoffs. Just absolutely incredible defensively, offensively. He gives you that floor spacing from the corner three. And for, him, for P.J. Tucker, the fact that he can credibly guard Joel Embiid and Kevin Durant, for the for the Milwaukee Bucks and provide that both of those two those uh their you know two main competition in the East I think that acquisition he fits perfectly alongside Giannis in the front court and then you still mm-hmm. have Chris and Drew out there so I think that 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 lineup closing without Brooke Lopez going a little bit smaller getting PJ on the floor is uh just going to be really really dangerous and I, I really really like the way that lineup is shaping up now. Would I pick Milwaukee over Philly in a series? I think probably. Would I pick them over the Lakers or Clippers in the finals if they get there? I don't know what the answer to that is yet. I think we'll learn a lot about that as we go through the playoffs. But I look at this lineup and just how it fits together. I think having four bona fide shooters alongside Giannis and then the defensive versatility that they present with Giannis and PJ um, in the front court, I think is going to be really, really, really uh 
suited for playoff basketball with the way they can match up against anybody. So I went with the Milwaukee Bucks at two. So neither LA team makes its way. Anna, who was your number three team, Munaf? The number three team I have is the Phoenix Suns. Oh my God. All right. So you're 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 really going off the uh you know off the chalk here. I am. And and I mean you take a look when you have a guy like CP3 that has really come over to his Phoenix Suns team. I mean, this guy throughout his whole career has been clutch. And we've really seen it down the stretch. We have talked about it, you know, in the offseason was I think this was the biggest acquisition for any team all season outside of James Harden with an in-season, right? But from for what CP3 has done for this team, from taking them from being around hovering from the eighth or ninth seed for the Phoenix Suns now to potentially, you know, being obviously being a top three seed in the West, probably locked into that number two seed. I think it kind of speaks volume. And especially when you have a guy like CP3 in the, in the clutch time. And I saw this when he was with Houston, it's a guy that he just kind of takes commands command of the offense and gets all these guys in the right spots. And you surround him with Devin Booker, um, and now we talked about Jay Crowder when he was with the Miami Heat, now over with the Phoenix. I think that's an, another big factor. And then you still have Miles, oh, sorry, Mikael Bridges, who can also knock down that shot. And we've seen it again this season where I think I think a prime example is that New York game when, when they matched up, on I think, last Sunday where yeah. Chris Paul hit two ridiculous shots. But we've seen it all season from him in, those, in the clutch moments and closing lineups is you have so much versatility with CP three hall of fame point guard, a bona fide shooter and score in Devin Booker, and then two knockdown shooters with Jay Crowder and Mikel Bridges. And then you have DeAndre Aiden inside who can rebound the basketball for you. I, I really like the Phoenix sun's ability to close out a game, especially in the playoffs. So that was my number three team. I had them as my number five team, but I, I definitely okay. do think that that CP three coming in is, is a, is a big time uh, addition for them. And between him and Devin Booker, I'll, I'll just talk about them now. I mean, they were my number five team. Devin Booker and CP3, just their ability to make those tough shots when the game slows down. I mean, that's why I we talked about the Devin Booker versus Donovan Mitchell debate. I threw that out you a couple a uh, couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I kind of like what Devin Booker brings to the table just because he suits that half-court style so well, getting into his midi, getting into his bag, and um, yep. just be able to get buckets. And then CP3 as the same in that pick-and-roll game. DeAndre Ayton is someone who's be turned himself from the defensive liability into the core of what they do defensively. They really can't survive with him off the floor now with Kaminsky and Sarge as their backup big. So when their rotation tightens up and Ayton's on the floor more, and then obviously Mikhail Bridges, another lethal defender that you can throw on your Kawhi or your, or your LeBron um, or your Michael Porter Jr. per se, you know, in that Western Conference playoff mix. So I had the Suns at five. I could not drop the Los Angeles Lakers any lower than this. Uh, so I, I went with the Lakers at three. If I had to guess what that lineup would be, I would say obviously your locks are AD, LeBron, Schroeder, and KCP. I, yeah. I said those are my locks. And then depending on the matchup, maybe is it Caruso? Is it Wes Matthews? Is it THT? Um, is it Kuzma? You know, Kuzma was someone yeah. who closed games for them when they were allowed. But I think AD at the five, we saw last year in the playoffs, when you send AD to center, he just presents such a matchup nightmare for other teams, um, given what he can do on both ends of the floor, defensively be both a rim protector and a switchable perimeter big. Offensively, you know, getting into that mid-range, being able to space the floor a little bit. Um, and then LeBron at the four, obviously, too, is just a really tough matchup. So I went at number three with the Lakers. I said 
KCP, Schroeder, LeBron, AD, and question mark, um, depending on the matchup. But, you know, I think it's a little uh, – I think it's th- this LeBron playoffs is going to be absolutely fascinating. Uh, you know yeah. how coming in potentially as the seven seed and potentially playing Phoenix in the first round. You know what what does LeBron have up his sleeve? You know is this another you know run for them? So they were my number three. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say with, with the Lakers, and I'll just quickly say that Lakers were number four on my list. So okay. um, I, I think. The four guys that I had wrote down, like you hit the nail with LeBron, AD, KCP, Shooter. I think the one guy that in closing time might be, it's going to be a defensive liability, but can really stretch the floor as a knockdown shooter is Ben McLemore. I think that's a guy that, yeah, right. With, With LeBron and AD that can attack the paint, they need to surround those guys with shooters, right? You have KCP, you have Shooter. But then you need that that fifth guy to be a shooter. And I think Ben Lackamore, and I'm, I'm kind of being a homer because he was with the Rockets for, I think, two seasons. Here's a guy that can really knock down that three-point shot for them. Um, and he's done that in clutch moments, obviously not in the playoffs, but during the regular season. I, I think that, that the fifth guy really for the Lakers has to be a shooter um, for them to you know close out games and kind of have that success and take that pressure off of you know, LeBron and AD. So we know those two guys aren't the greatest three-point shooters, but when you have KCP, Schroeder, and a, a third guy, whether it's Ben or whoever they decide that guy is going to be, um, that that <clears throat> sorry, that's really going to stretch the floor for the Lakers. So they were my number four team. There you go. And yeah, I think with Ben McLemore, I mean, he's not afraid to shoot it, which I think is yeah. one thing LeBron does like those type of players who just are not afraid to pull. You know, like, mm-hmm. he likes playing with J.R. Smith. He likes playing with Kyle Korver, like he all those guys. So like Ben McLemore fits that bill. Um, so who who was your number five team? Who was the fifth team that you have in there? The fifth team I have is the Utah Jazz. Okay. You know, Donovan Mitchell, going back to last season, it, is is a a clutch player. He can knock down the shot from any uh, anywhere on the floor. He can get to the basket, finish at the basket, dunk over somebody, draw the foul. I mean, just take a look at the lineup. I think for for them for closing out time would be Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert, and probably Bogdanovich for me at least. Um, you know, you could probably rotate another guy in and out of that lineup at that fifth spot. But you obviously you have your defensive player of the year. You have your your backcourt with Conley, a guy that can again knock down the three point shot. Donovan Mitchell, we just discussed, and again, Joe Ingles, another guy that can knock down shots. So, you know, for me, when I'm thinking about closing lineups and, and clutch time, is that I want to have those shooters on the floor that can knock down shots, and I think that is so important because people get focused, or, or you know, as fans, we get focused on players, superstars driving to the basket and, and trying to get those easy shots, and not remembering that. You kind of got to have those shooters if they if a defense collapse on you, right? With guys like LeBron and Donovan Mitchell, that that the defense will collapse. You kind of got to kick it out to a shooter that can knock down shots. And you see, in Utah is one of the best three point shooting teams in the league this season. And they have the shooters on this team that can be out there during those clutch moments. So that was my number five team uh, to to kind of close out this uh, the my 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 top five closing lineups. So I, I had the Clippers at four. I think I went maybe a little more traditional in terms of like who I thought would win the title. I think you probably went more deeper into the specific lineups that might be out there. Yeah, so I, I did go with the Clippers at four. Um, you know, and I think I did have a couple of question marks in that lineup, right? I had Kawhi, Pat Bev, and P. 
PG as my locks, and then I st- I left open for Batum or Marcus Morris or Zubac or Ibaka or Rondo. Uh, so a lot of question marks still to answer with the Clippers, but I do think that Kawhi kind of he's that Devin Booker plus offensively, right? Just that mm-hmm. dominant midi when when things slow down, and then. I, I I definitely think it was tough to limit it to five, right? I mean, I would yeah. only put if we if we went tiers, I think I would have included a lot more teams. You know, mm-hmm. Nuggets, uh, obviously the Jazz, the Mavericks, and then you know the Warriors making a yeah. case for that as well as the Miami Heat. I think also and the and the Sixers. Neither of us mentioned them. I mean, I still think for the Sixers, the ultimate question is they still haven't answered is what do they do offensively in the late yeah. in the closing of a game? I mean, Joel Embiid can kind of be that guy. I'm still unconvinced that him, you know, trying to get to a midi pull up is a good offense late in the game. That's kind of what they've been doing with Ben Simmons still kind of hanging out in the corner. So they have yeah. questions to answer. Moonav, I want to give the people, if, if you're still listening, shout out to you. Who, who is your pick to win the title right now? I just want to, I, I, I is it still the Nets? Yeah. And by the way, James Harden, Shams did just tweet that yeah. James Harden is in tonight. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah, yeah, it just came across. Um, God, man, I don't even know. Like, I, We'll talk I, about this more, I, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I think it is for me like Brooklyn Nets right now because, I, I'm, I mean, out of the West, I don't know who's coming out of it because it's so wide open. Um, but for me, yeah, I mean, I don't want to, like, pick the chalky pick or the homer pick. But when you have, again, I keep on going back to those three guys on your team. It's going to be hard to beat a, a the Brooklyn uh, Brooklyn Nets in a seven game series. So for me right now, I, I still do like the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, I think I would probably lean towards the Nets as well. Although I have I have a top tier right now that is Nets, Lakers, Clippers, and maybe the Bucks. And I I I, I don't even like the Bucks, but I I have to keep them in there. I'm I'm still sticking by my prediction that Lakers are going to be out in the first round, <laughs> Bruh. I, I cannot, I'm still sticking with it. <laughs> I cannot wait to see what the series price is if it's Suns Lakers in the first round. I mean, what? I'm a, definitely going to be on the Suns. I think the Lakers will be favored, right? Lakers, yeah, for sure. Because Lakers I mean, will be favored, you, yeah, because of LeBron effect. I was, yeah, and I was listening to another podcast last night, and they, they were talking about odds on title favorites like sorry the lakers are still like in that top tier with the nets and clippers but when was the last time we remember a seventh seed being one of the title favorites which is you know kind of crazy to me so um you know hot take i'm still i'm still sticking by it um but we'll we'll see man i might look stupid when the lakers are hoisting the trophy at the end of the year but um i'm still sticking by that prediction yeah and i will say i i added that mavericks 40 to 1 Still have the Bucks plus nine fifty, and then I also added yesterday actually Clippers plus five fifty and Lakers plus four fifty. So, okay, you know I, I I think the Nets I think the Nets are still the favorite, but I think they're a little bit. I don't think this is like a year where it's like the Miami Heat with the big three or the Warriors with their big with their big four. Like I think the Nets are kind of closer to the pack than the traditional super. And I don't think people see them this way per se, but you know, for them to be a plus one eighty five, which is what I'm seeing them right now. So we will we we will obviously cross this bridge more once we know the seedings and everything, because that's obviously going to be vital to kind of understanding what the pathway looks for each of these teams and how 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 likely or not it is. Munaf Great show today. Where can the people find you on Twitter to uh, see some of your picks and check in with these late injury report news player props? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Again, you know, I was looking for some player props this morning to get out on the pod, but, you know, there's still a lot of question marks on 
um, you know, guys being in and out of the lineup. Obviously, the late, the, the late one we just confirmed was James Harden being in the lineup. Um, did you want to give out some best bets before we wrap it up? Yes, or that's a great point. You... Best bets okay. for tonight. I am going – you go Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I closed out the slate. Okay, let me – here, let me – I did too. I think mine timed out here. Give me one second. I Nets mean, you know – Nets are up to minus five, by the way, for tonight. Okay. The line moved to – okay. Uh, so you got it in already at four, right? Yeah. Okay. So I think that if KD or Kyrie, one of those, we may move like maybe another half a point or maybe a, a point at the most. So, um, you know, again, if you like Spurs, just kind of wait it out. Um, yeah. For tonight, let's see. I know we had talked about the over in the Spurs and Nets game, but that's off the board right now for me. Um, you have one? Jazz minus two, baby. Okay. Jazz, I, I, I like the Nets a lot. Go and I'm going to go with the Jazz minus two. Are you going to go with the Blazers? <laughs> now, I, I'll take the uh, Celtics team total over the 113.5 here tonight. Um, here we go. As, as my best bet. Uh, you know, I think that 113 is a little conservative for me. Even when they played Indiana on, on what was it, Monday, that they still got up 111 on a bad shooting night. I think yep. Boston has a better elite players with Tatum, Walker, Smart, you know, and some of the role players and Fournier, again, the guy has stepped up. So I'll take a Boston team total over 113 and a half. Sorry, 113 now. So um, a little conservative, but that'll be my best bet for tonight. It, it was 113 the whole time. So don't be, don't be, okay. don't be, don't be afraid of a little. There was, there, oh, was, no, there, no, no, no. there was no half point line move. Moon out. Okay. Where can the people find you on Twitter? Yeah, find me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. My NBA total of the day will be there, but it is going to be the Celtics team total 113 here tonight. And then just look out for my player props um, uh, for later on once we get some lines up and and these injuries confirmed. And you can find you uh, find Zach on Twitter also, right, Zach? Yes, sir. At NBA Zach B for my Twitter. Please check out all of our content on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Got basketball, got fantasy football, a lot of fans football out to the draft, golf, hockey, top shot, uh, plenty of stuff up there that you can check out for anything gambling. And also, please join in on our Slack at sg.pn slash Slack. All the channels been popping recently. Um, so great conversation there. Anything else you want to plug, Boonuff? Yeah, so last thing, you know, we had talked about that we we're going to tease the big show for either Sunday night or Monday oh, morning, yeah. right? So I kind of, yeah, discussed that real quick. Um, you know, we are winding down the season here um, on Sunday, obviously, is the last night. So um, we had talked, I had talked about this, presented this idea to Dan and um, um, Zach was, well, we're going to do a, a season wrap-up show, but with a betting twist, right? We're going to discuss kind of an award show like the NBA does with MVP and coach of the year and defense player of the year, most improved and all that good stuff. But we're going to do with the betting twist. We're going to give out our awards for which team was the best betting trend of the year for us. And also a player that was the cash cow for us all season. So um, for the NBA Slack channel, I am going to put out a anonymous poll and, and, and drop that into the NBA Slack channel for, for our, our uh, DJs in there to vote on who was their player prop of the year award and they're the betting trend of the year award. So we're going to present those. Hopefully either we do it Sunday night or, or Monday, uh, Monday morning, but we'll figure out the logistics for that. But I think that's going to be a really exciting show. That's going to really tie in the season wrap up. And then we'll also uh, uh, preview the playoffs 
um, the play-in tournament at least and and um, go from there. So um, I'm really excited for that show. I think that's going to be really fun to kind of talk about the best betting trends of the year and kind of give out our awards for that. And I know, Zach, you had some other ideas also for that show to, about, you know, f- which teams weren't so kind to us also. Exactly, yeah. We're, we're going to try to do kind of a full NBA award show, good and bad, but very specific to betting and kind of figure out different ways, you know, the MVP potentially. In, in the, and I think for player props is also going to be fun because we have like different mini trends throughout the year, right? We yeah. had like the Jeremy Grant month and then we had like yeah. a Steph Curry month and we yeah. had the now the Russell Westbrook time. John Morant was our, our, our boy for a little bit. So yep. looking forward to recapping all of that with you. It's been a really fun season um, and yeah, winding down here. Um, so stay tuned for that. Locker room with McKee on Friday. Are you and Dan going to record tomorrow? Yeah, we'll be we'll uh, we'll go through the games tomorrow uh, as usual. Perfect. All right, we're gonna get out of here. Have a good one, everybody, and let it ride.